0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Animal Files podcast. A while ago, we talked to Christine Milkovic Kraus, and she is back and we are happy to have her. She's going to be talking about another one of her books called Teddy Gets Adopted. If you remember, she's got a bunch of books in this series and if you don't remember, She is an author, a cat mom, a snake mom, and even a border services officer. I'm just going to send it right over to Miranda and we'll get this interview started.
1: Welcome back. We're very happy to have you again. And I'm looking forward to talking about your new book, Teddy Gets Adopted, and the various lessons and messages that you share in that. So last time we talked, we talked about how Teddy came into your family's life. Could you share with us Teddy's story again and why you felt it was important to use his journey to help children to learn about and understand a variety of different lessons, I guess, if that's the term you want to use? (laughs)
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: I think there's lots of
2: lessons layered into each of the Teddy stories. So Teddy came to us. We were fostering animals at the time and Teddy... Looked like a pretty rough cat who who needed a a second chance or a third chance or ninth chance. I mean, it looked like he'd been through a lot of lives already, and he had injuries from frostbite from being left outdoors or homeless. And you know, I just started thinking that like I didn't realize how common it was for cats to freeze and lose little parts of their body. I just thought, wow, this is so rare. I need to help this cat. But now that I'm into it and I'm paying attention, it seems like it's a very very common injury and. I wanted people to think about those things. Like we know don't leave dogs in hot cars and that sort of thing, but we don't ever Mm. really think so much about the cold and the effects that it can have on our animals and that it is a preventable injury. And the fact that Teddy is a real life cat, I think children are connecting with him as a lovable character. And Mm -hmm. hopefully that lesson sticks with them through their adulthood and pet guardianship. Maybe they'll remember that they read that and they'll be better.
1: Probably. I mean, I'm sure that these types of books will help children to develop more empathy and compassion and understanding and respect and all of those different things. And as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, it's a funny thing about awareness. Once you become aware of something, you can't be unaware of it. And you tend
2: to notice it more. Exactly. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And yeah, that is always the goal is creating more compassionate, kinder human beings and and being aware. So thank
1: you. Mm So I was thrilled to find out that Teddy was able to find his forever family and that this has allowed you to add this to your Teddy series. So this particular book, from what I understand, allows children to learn more about fostering, rescues, humane society, and everything is kind of part and parcel to that. Yes,
2: correct. So We talk about the heroes and helpers that um, Teddy met along his journey from, which was a long journey, you know, across Western Canada. And um, he met a lot of people along the way, and I'm sure had a lot of experiences. So it just kind of like, although most of it is true, I'm just guessing at Teddy's kittenhood and and maybe how he got separated (laughs) from his family. And we tried to depict that in a cat way, but hopefully also try to connect with children who may have. Been separated from their families, and they don't really understand Mm -hmm. why that happened. And maybe Teddy sharing some of his feelings about that would resonate with Mm -hmm. other children and make them feel okay, this happens to other people too. And these are the things I don't like, and these are the things that are pretty cool and that I can be grateful for. Mm -hmm. And then to never give up hope, right? There's always hope that you're going to reconnect with your family in the end. So
0: I love it.
1: Yeah, I think these messages are great. And I think that when People discover that others have experienced something similar to them. They don't feel so alone. They don't feel maybe so alienated and or feel like maybe there's something wrong with them or something like that. They I think it gives an opportunity for them to heal and move through whatever wounds might have developed or trauma that developed. From those situations that they've experienced.
2: Absolutely. And as adults, we can look back at our experiences and reach out to groups and counselors and, you know, let, thank God for the internet in those kind of cases because you can find support groups and people to talk to and share similar situations or even just like a same mm-hmm. space event. But children don't have access mm-hmm. to those things, but they do have access to books. And mm-hmm. this could just open up something for them where they're like, okay,
1: oh, okay. It feels normal to me. Right. So even though your books have been created with children in mind, do you feel that adults could also enjoy your stories and benefit from the messages within them? I think so, because a lot of the stories, I
2: believe, will create conversation between children and their parents. So absolutely, I think parents can learn kindness and understanding. Hey, we're never too old to learn any of that stuff.
0: So yeah. (laughs) Right. Never, never too old. I'm learning every day. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I don't know, sometimes these kids books just say it just in the right way that even in our mature minds, it just all of a sudden makes sense.
2: Yeah, because I think as adults, we maybe overcomplicate things with too many words and that sort of thing. And like in children's book, it's just direct, simple, cut to the chase. Mm-hmm. And they get it because they're smart enough to yeah. like that and understand it.
1: Yeah. And I think that people like yourself who focus on writing for children, you learn or know maybe you just know a way to say things to sort of soften it like not make it seem so in some cases grotesque or harsh or something like that like it gets the message across but without that sort of scariness that some mm-hmm. messages can potentially give
0: yeah i think we as adults we tend to you know like you said we just complicate it and the way our brains work, sometimes the simpler the better.
2: Yeah, I agree. And it so read your
0: kids' books.
2: <laughs> <laughs> read your kids' books.
0: I don't know. I've,
2: I've tried to pare back uh, over time, like how much I could ramble, because I'm one of those people who wants to make sure everybody feels accepted and that sort of thing, and that there's no awkward moments and. I want everyone to feel safe. So I tend to ramble. So I feel like this is a good outlet for me to like tone down my ability to just go on and on.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are your views about adopting an animal versus buying them? And maybe also you could perhaps touch on the fostering aspect as well.
2: Yeah, I absolutely can. So I've purchased animals in the past too. Like I, I bought Mostly I've rescued, but I remember when I was a kid, my parents um, bought two Siamese cats um, because that was the specific brand that they wanted. And then a few years ago, I bought an English Mastiff because that's been the dog I've always wanted. I've seen a lot throughout my life with families and they were just such great dogs. And so that's the one I wanted, right? So yeah, I did. But for the rest of my life, and I've had animals my whole life, uh, mostly cats, they've all been rescues. And I've lucked out. I've got some good ones. I've got some, you know, they all have their quirks, I should say. But I think fostering is such a great opportunity to try out that pet with your family to see if it actually works for you. Because the, the English Mastiff just did not work for our family. And uh, we, it was a very, very sad day that we had to give up our dog. And it's still really hard on the children two three years later they still cry about it how Daisy was their best friend and they miss her so much and it was really sad because Mm. we kind of built it up like we're getting a puppy we're getting a puppy this is going to be our forever dog and then three months in it was it was just too much for everybody and um, Mm. it made the household very stressful so we had to make that hard decision to rehome her but you know when we started fostering animals the kids knew right from the start that they were just temporary we're not keeping them like absolutely not these are just temporary we get to name them we get to play with them and then they're going to find their forever homes and the kids were totally okay with that it just so happens that teddy was kind of our second attempt at fostering and just honestly <laughs> fit perfectly with our dynamic so yeah we had to keep them
1: mm-hmm. would you be willing to share a little bit more about what the challenges were that came up with the english mastiff yes absolutely um
2: so this dog had a bit of a fearful anxiety about it ever since it was a puppy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it didn't even want to go on the front porch. And anytime anyone would go to pet it or like gently like put their hand out and let it sniff, the dog would back away and cower. But the second they turned mm-hmm. their back, it would lunge at them. Oh yeah. And I, you know, I noticed this stuff right from the start, like right when we got her at seven or eight weeks. And this is a mm-hmm. dog that was loved right from the start right? So there should be no trust issues there. She was well trained in certain aspects, but there was always this mistrust that I had about that behavior. And I'm the neighborhood flaw for all the kids. And that dog grew so big so fast, that a dog like that could really do damage if you don't trust 100% that it might not lunge at one of them so mm-hmm. big dogs have their own challenges even when they're being friendly like big paws like just knocking the kids over right my kids are old so right. it's okay but they'll play with the dog and the dog will run after it and you know it could knock them over so easily um so know what you're getting into with a big dog which I did so all of those things didn't matter but when it came to the trust issue of her maybe going after a child which they're in and out of my house all the time yeah right? I had I had to do it for the betterment of everybody I, I couldn't live with myself if there was an issue
1: yeah right and I suppose there's probably the possibility that maybe you weren't completely aware of how this dog was treated prior to you purchasing him her.
2: Oh, well, I got the the dog from a puppy. I took her home at seven weeks and oh, I visited her. The yeah. breeder was a great breeder. He, I, I met the grandparent oh, okay. dogs. I met the parent dogs, the mom, the dad, you know, other siblings. And uh, yeah, he was amazing. There was, there was no complaints there. It's just sometimes like you okay. get a dog that maybe has something wrong with it a little bit or right. it's just yeah. because all of the other dogs from that litter went to family homes as well and they were fine this dog for okay. some reason you just, hmm. so that's you just never know okay yeah so fostering is a great way <laughs> to figure that stuff out too because there mm-hmm. are a lot of- absolutely right. yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah so it's definitely a good thing to be aware of understanding what the breed is if it's if you're getting them from a breeder whether it's a cat dog or whatever but also understanding that Each animal is an individual and they can suffer from various challenges just like humans can. So as a foster family and someone who supports the heart and soul organization in BC, British Columbia, just in case somebody doesn't know what BC stands for, (laughs) what would you like the listeners to know about fostering animals and supporting these types of organizations?
2: Yeah, it's just that these organizations literally run solely on their compassion and dedication and some of these people who work with this organization who are like the administrators and the founders and like Liza Whitehead Curtis who owns the Bosleys in Abbotsford on Whatcom County Road she's very heavily involved in it and um, and her partners and friends and I can't even believe if these people have another full-time job because this is their life even managing the websites and trying to organize fosters and rescue everything that they can fuel costs, expenses, just keeping the drivers awake with coffee while they're driving. I mean any kind of monetary donations could help transport or could help with donations of food and toys and blankets and carrying cases and all of the things they need to make these rescues happen. So mm-hmm. I can't think of more worthy causes really like saving animals mm-hmm. so, because they can't help Mm. themselves in some of these situations. It's really quite sad. Yeah. Right.
0: And you got Teddy from Manitoba, correct? Saskatchewan, actually. Saskatchewan. Yes. So they
2: started in Manitoba. They drove to Manitoba to canine advocates, which is where they, they don't have veterinarians up there to spade or neuter the pets or the dogs so they end up getting groups of wild dogs in those areas just living on their own they have no families they, they form packs and they attack children on their way to school like with backpacks with lunches and old people so they, they are starting to target humans and it makes it unsafe oh, wow. so, so at some points if it gets really bad they might just call all the animals up there So I think part of Canine Advocates um, is they're really trying to get Trudeau to approve an injection. It's like a sterile injection for the pet that lasts seven years. So it's approved in other countries. I think it's even approved in Canada, but so there's no funding for it. But this would really help control the pet population Mm -hmm. in those rural areas where they don't have access to veterinarians. And and the cycle just continues. So I think they started out...
0: At yeah. the canine
2: advocates in Manitoba, and then they made their way to Lloyd Minster and picked up Teddy and then they made their way up to a safe organization in Edmonton and back down to the Heart and Soul. And they just did pickups along the way, delivered puppies along the way. A couple of years,
0: oh, wow. like they, these people are heroes, really. Amazing. Yeah. They're amazing.
2: <laughs> and are these all volunteers that are doing this? So it's all volunteers. And even a couple of years ago, yeah. we had those floods. And they, all of the animals in the rescue van after driving all that way were, were stuck, I think in Princeton. And then the whole community of Princeton came together and, and housed the dogs and, and gave food and shelter Aww. for a few days mm-hmm. while we, they dealt with those floods. So, I mean, so many dangerous even circumstances and unforeseen um, things can come up along the way where animals need emergency medical care on the road too. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah I think there is such... There needs to be much more awareness around spaying and neutering animals and also just understanding them better. There's, you know, I think there's been a really big shift over the last, I don't know, 10 years maybe or something, where there's a lot more people who have respect for animals and want to do the best by them, at least whatever their capability is to do the best. There's still work to be done, I think, with some areas where there's still a different attitude towards animals and they can be viewed as dispensable and unworthy and whatever sort of other (laughs) terms might be connected to that.
0: Yeah, I think other areas also have a shortage of people who are in the veterinary industries to actually do that because the population is not vast. Mm. So that's another thing that we need to fix. Even the Mm -hmm. tiniest rural towns need to have some type of veterinary or animal professional.
2: I agree. There needs to be help closer. And yeah, unfortunately being so meeting so many people in the rescue organization who like selflessly go out and get calls to their home phones in the middle of the night go trap animals and rescue them. (laughs) I'm so close to them that I get the details of some of these horrific stories that humans have actually purposefully done. And it's disgusting. And thank goodness there are angels like these people who just try to
1: save the day. They
2: are heroes, honestly.
1: Yeah. Mm, Yeah. You know, it's amazing what these rescue organizations do and their valiant attempts to help these animals in the best way they can unfortunately it's largely a band-aid solution because you know for as many animals as they can help there's a lot of animals who can't be helped because there's just not enough resources well that's the
2: thing I mean you just can't help them all so I in some places people are just so used to seeing homeless animals roaming around too it just it just seems like Oh, you either jump in with both feet and have 8,000 cats on inside your house. Like, do you want to live that way? Or, right. yeah, and what do you do? Yeah. Like we said, there needs to be more access to staying and neutering your pets, something simple like an injection that is, you know, I guess considered safe for them. Maybe there's research that still needs to be done on it, but hopefully we are. Country can get on board and try and help
0: the solution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One step in front of the other, and hopefully we can quicken that pace. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: So, if anyone would like to specifically support the Heart and Soul organization who ended up helping with the rescue of Teddy. How can they do that?
2: Oh, so they could Google heart and soul rescue organization in BC, and they have a GoFundMe page set up where people can donate online. And I actually created the QR code for them for that GoFundMe page so that in every Teddy book, if you uh, get a copy and you feel like you've connected with Teddy's story and you want to help out that organization or one in your area you Could scan that QR code and it will bring you directly to the GoFundMe page
0: as well. Mm-hmm. I like it. One of those mm-hmm. ways that technology is going to help. Yes, you. this was this <laughs> yes. For me. Like, oh God,
2: how do I create a QR code? And like, it was all a learning experience. It's all it's like trying to think techie <laughs> and futuristic. And yeah, like, right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe with the AI coming on board, perhaps things will get simpler, maybe?
0: (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Probably not for a while.
1: (laughs) I don't think I'll be able to keep up. (laughs) Yeah, right.
2: (laughs) And in uh, Teddy Gets Adopted, at the back of the story, there's also ideas uh, for children about how they can be a helper in other ways. Like they don't necessarily have to donate money. Nice. They could donate time. But if they just went through their house, And collected like old towels and blankets and cleaning supplies and brushes and collars and leashes and bowls for water and food and nursing bottles from, okay, there's no baby living in this house anymore. All of those things you could drop off to your local rescue organization as well, and it would really help them out. A lot of rescues also have Amazon wish lists. So how easy is that? You just click on the Amazon wish list, click on a few items that fit your budget that you think you could
1: spare and just send it directly to them. That's awesome because I don't know if a lot of people really think about all of those, those other kinds of needs. They, I think, usually think about volunteering or donating money. But it's, you know, having access to all of these other basic needs, the towels and the food and the dishes and all that kind of stuff because that'll cost money too. Oh well and who doesn't love shopping? It makes it easy just to go online. I mean everyone
2: loves shopping. Okay, so click on a few items and send it that way, right? Yeah. <laughs> that that feels so good, ladies, I'm gonna say.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: And gathering stuff around the home, that's an easy way for children to feel like they can get
2: involved. Exactly. And then they feel know, like they're being helpers too. And that's what we always want to yeah. do. We always want to look for the helpers, right? And if you don't yeah, find probably. one, be one.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you had some feedback on
2: Teddy Gets Adopted yet? Not Is, a lot. It, it came out at Easter, and things have been pretty busy in other areas. I haven't focused as much on this book as uh, just because things are happening in other areas. Uh, it just finally um, mm-hmm. went in stores on Chapters. Chapters had a bit of a cyber break-in or whatever in in January a Mm. long time to get their Mm. titles and ISBNs and everything up and running and online and in the systems but finally um as of last week or the week before my books are on the shelves in the langley chapters at least so yay that's good And now I need to get them on a distribution site so that all chapters can get them online and in store. So I just I have to upload that. I just got a new laptop for Mother's Day. So now I have all my files in one place. Like when I tell you I'm not techie, like this is why this stuff takes so long. Because I'm like, oh, how do I open Zoom? <laughs> I panic before every podcast because I'm like, oh God, I don't know what I'm doing. So... <laughs> And I think my husband was <laughs> sick of helping me. So yep. here's your own laptop. So <laughs> <Actually, Yeah. laughs> we're getting there.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I think you have more stories in the works for the Adventures of Teddy series. Would you like to share a little bit about what might be upcoming? Yeah, so the next book in the series is called
2: Teddy Visits the Vets. And in this story, we want to you know, highlight a bunch of topics that I have jotted down. So the story has been written. And actually, next week, I am meeting with the illustrator to go for brunch. And we're going to storyboard the whole thing. Nice. Yeah. So this story talks about Teddy going to the vet and some of the things he experiences and some of the terminology like a thermometer is for your temperature, a stethoscope is for your heart. So it kind of familiarizes kids with what they might expect when they're visiting the vet or a dentist—not a vet, but a dentist mm-hmm. or a doctor—and going for a checkup themselves, and maybe they need to get a shot. And, right. And you know, ask those questions. If you think it's going to hurt, yeah, you know, it might. But talk to a trusted parent or guardian to alleviate any of that anxiety, and, and it gives some coping techniques mm-hmm. on how to deal with stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. So it also talks about like non-defining parental roles, self-soothing techniques it will educate and relate to healthcare processes. Also, inclusivity and pronoun introduction. They celebrate our descriptive qualities, love and support from family, choices for self, and some female empowerment. Nice. Yeah, so I like it. Uh, quite and of a course. Few topics in that book.
0: Yeah. And then if a kid can relate to Teddy going through that, it just makes it more, I don't know, attainable for them, I think. Little bit of a quick story. When I was like 19, I was a nanny for a three-year-old for a short amount of time. And uh, this little boy had a hard time or he was afraid to go to the bathroom. He just was afraid of it. Now, I don't know why, but he was afraid to go to the bathroom. So it was something that we dealt with. And I, at the time I had two cats and he saw my one cat use the litter box to go to the bathroom. Brilliant. And he, right after... Got his little tiny toilet, set it up right next to the litter box, and went. Oh my
2: gosh! Hmm. How inspiring that! I think you know. You have just inspired me to include a little.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. But it was so it was so amazing because the the little boy saw that the cat could do it. That means he can do it. Hmm. So with the Teddy goes to the vet, I think there's that you know association that I'm just like Teddy. You know, kind of like mindset. If Teddy
2: can do it. I can do it too. Absolutely. Exactly. You know, people. Exactly. Ask, a lot of parents do have issues with potty training. I mean, I certainly did with both of my children. Like, my daughter would pee on the potty, no problem. But uh she would hold everything back until 10 p.m. at night when I put the overnight diaper on her and <laughs> let loose. <laughs> I had to bribe her with <laughs> full size <laughs> chocolate bars to use the toilet because. You no, know, she wasn't. It, it, the little fun size chocolates, they weren't cutting it. Okay, so oh my there are so many challenges people face with body training. So, hey, I mean, maybe we could co write a little uh teddy, maybe <laughs> <the body>
0: book. <laughs> see, animals are our greatest teachers. There you go, <laughs> <teachers>. they are, <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: Do you keep a lot of ideas in your head or written down somewhere for future books as well that you're? I absolutely do. To so
2: include- these first four books kind of wrote themselves. Like I had them all. I had all the titles and I had all the stories because they are true stories and I wanted them to go chronologically. Since then, yeah, I've had a lot of ideas and I will jot stuff down here and there uh, because people now they're always pitching me book ideas. They're like, hey, that'd make a good story or this, you know. And Teddy has his own Facebook page too under the Adventures of Teddy. And oh. so I often post cat memes or pictures of Teddy at home and then and people are always like, hey, is that material for a new book, right? It might be one day, but um, might be. <laughs> I don't know. yeah. these ones were just written in my head, and I have other ideas, but no, nothing is solid. Okay. But I can tell you, Miranda, That we did get another pet, oh yeah, and that could offer a source of you know future books. My kids, we went to a reptile exhibit and they had to come home with a snake. (laughs) No, (laughs) so now we have Peanut the Python, and uh, you know, ever since I got that snake and I and I took a picture of it on Facebook, ten thousand people were like, "I'm never coming to your house again. You're not my friend." Like, how could you do that? Like, gross. But then you know the more they ask me questions about it, the more they actually learn about it. They're like, okay, actually, that's that's pretty cool. Maybe I will come over and see it. Okay, I, I will bring the kids. And I think there's lessons there too, judging something, mm. right? Uh, right? Just based mm-hmm. on what it is or reputation. But like, if you actually learn about it and get to know it, you'll realize it's actually a really great house pet. Sure, they live 35 mm-hmm. years. So it's a bit of a commitment. But, yeah. you know, they're very low maintenance. So I don't know. Why not? As long as you're secure yeah. and safe mm-hmm. about it. And and yeah, snakes can make great pets. So maybe there's a mm. story there. And right. Some lessons yeah. there. Yeah. About judging people <laughs> based on some, something that might not necessarily be true. Yeah. Yeah. Or having unfounded fears. Yeah, exactly. That. Or overcoming your fears. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I know I, re- I read somewhere, maybe you mentioned it about the injuries that Teddy had from not just losing his ears from the, being exposed to frostbite, but there were other injuries that occurred with his, to his body as well that I think you had said somewhere that he was still dealing with and it. it had created some discomfort for him.
2: Yeah, for about it was worse the first three months. And remember, I mean, Teddy had foster families and and he was healing for weeks or maybe potentially months before. I even got Teddy. So when I got Teddy, his ears were nice and fuzzy. They're little nubs. They look like a little teddy bear. It's very extremely cute. I think cats with ears just look weird now. Um, <laughs> Teddy's- <laughs> but uh, Teddy's tail is it also seems quite short for a cat, but so I feel like maybe he lost a bit of his tail. His little paw pads were like black uh, in some areas. Aww. They're just really extremely chapped and dry. So I was just putting coconut oil on them because it's that's very moisturizing, Mm -hmm. and i I didn't think it had anything that could harm the cat and teddy had a lot of dandruff and dry skin so maybe the oils in the coconut Mm -hmm. oil would help you know give her some nutrients Mm -hmm. there as well if if she happens to lick it off her paws right then teddy also can't fur i've never known a cat not to fur before and i was doing research on that and and then the veterinarian also said too he's like well maybe the the cold that caused some respiratory issues and and now she no longer has the ability to purr. So but Aww. but then mm-hmm. now see again I'll go around other cats and they purr so loud that I'm like that's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> My cat's perfect, okay? <laughs> <That's funny>. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had I've met a cat that purrs really loudly and it's like yeah uh, I can see how it'd be ambient white noise but it can be annoying too. so has teddy recovered from oh yes sorry that's what the question yes um in about like six months um her paws were totally healed and the ears and tail are fine i mean teddy still doesn't purr but the odd time Mm -hmm. we've heard like a noise come out like for like a second and we're like was that a It was, but I don't think she could get that ability back. Yeah. Right. But every now and then we'll hear a little noise. We're like, oh, yes. oh, there's some potential there because I even feel on her, and you can kind of feel the faint, like grumbling. Uh, just when you touch their bodies, you can usually feel them purring, and it's it's very rare.
1: So. Oh yeah.
2: But Teddy is a very happy cat, despite not being able to purr. That I know. Oh, that's it.
1: good. The reason I was asking was I thought maybe you might have included something in your stories about learning to be gentle because of the the discomfort that teddy might have been experiencing
2: yes actually in the next book teddy visits the vet it, it does actually touch on that all right oh, nice. yes mm. because for the longest time we couldn't pet teddy in certain parts of uh, his body so we just had to respect that and kind of learn the other spots that teddy liked to be touched so yeah thank you miranda i forgot that was in there but it is <laughs> <laughs> And I think I did a little write-up about Teddy on my website, too, that kind of talks about that as well.
1: Mm -hmm. That may have been where I got it from, was maybe from your website. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to also, because we haven't talked about your second book, Teddy Loves Spaghetti, so I wanted to just mention that one as well, and the fact that it focuses on nutrition, alternatives to food-based rewards, pet care, and some diabetes awareness, Yeah, so I'm so glad you brought that up because I actually am quite proud of this book
2: because I feel like there's multi-layered lessons in here too. So this one is all about family and eating together and just making, you know, slurping your spaghetti super fun, like with Mm -hmm. the kids. And Teddy loves spaghetti too. And he loves all the ice cream and cake and all these sorts of things that maybe he shouldn't be eating. So it's important to research what kind of food your pet can and cannot have. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you start reading nutrition labels for yourself too? Because let's make healthy choices because they make us strong and healthy. And these are signs that your pet is doing well and strong and healthy. And these are signs that you can look for in your pet that maybe they are sick. And maybe it is time to take it to the vet. Because certain foods can be toxic to our animals and a lot of people didn't know, like everyone knows chocolate's not great for animals, but some people don't know that grapes are toxic for dogs or right. even maybe the onions that were in my spaghetti sauce probably could have really harmed her, uh, Teddy. So mm-hmm. maybe just do a little bit more research on that because you never know, we could change something and, and help them be better. So signs your pet could be sick with diabetes are, and it lists them, but you can give them all this other stuff you can play with them you can brush them you can give them healthy treats you can give them playtime and love and cuddles and you also may notice friends that you go to school with like my nephew is a type 1 diabetic and he has an arm port in his arm to give him insulin throughout the day to make him feel healthy so now that we know what diabetes Mm -hmm. is maybe you might recognize this. And here's how that person might be feeling. So instead of like whispering, well, what is that in their arm? Or why do you think that is? Here's a little, you know, you can talk to your parents about it. I'm sure they can give you more information. Or maybe you know someone at school. So ask them instead of whispering behind their back. Mm. Everyone has a story. But maybe this way you can understand more about how they're feeling and how they fluctuate throughout the day. And maybe you can learn how to be a better friend to that person. Yeah, I love right? that
0: all of your stories have this they're all about Teddy, but they go into these life lessons that I think we all need to be reminded of and especially our kids need to be taught. I like that. So there's this this layered approach to your storytelling. And I, I really appreciate that type of storytelling because it's so important for us to learn and then to remember yeah. because a lot of us forget Mm -hmm. things. And so this way it gives them lots of avenues to kind of cling on to like,
2: they may only get the nutrition part out of this one, or they may learn about the diabetes thing from this part of it, but there might be something there for everybody. Yeah. Right. Thank you for recognizing that. I didn't even (laughs) know I was doing that until I got a few book reviews and they were like, Oh, it's multi-layered. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh, I did that.
0: (laughs) well you're close to it it's your creation it's your baby and you just wrote what you were inspired to write you know everybody else's perception is like oh wow this 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 good job it's so nice
2: to hear because sometimes like hearing it from someone else is a completely different perspective and I'm like oh yeah yeah that was intentional totally (laughs) I call
1: those happy
0: accidents
1: right (laughs) This is a good reason for parents to get these books for their kids when they're a young age, because there's all these different lessons. So maybe year after year, maybe they'll embrace a new lesson each year that they get a little bit older.
2: Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, I'm hoping that the kids don't grow out of the lessons. But I have 12 year olds in my neighborhood who still love Teddy and love the stories and I, well it's closer to them because teddy is a part of their lives as well yeah they still mm-hmm. approve i'm still getting two thumbs up from the the preteen girls who you know how judgmental they are
1: <laughs> oh, right? yeah.
2: and and they compliment me yeah. all the time and they yeah so the use of today is actually pretty incredible and pretty amazing and i love having them
0: around oh yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they're gonna change the world
1: 100 for the better <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep. yeah
1: have you already or maybe considered getting your books into school libraries that the kids have access to? Yes, absolutely. So I have five elementary schools in my
2: direct neighborhood. And I know kids who go to each and every single one of those elementary schools. So every year that a book comes out, I pick one student from that school and I say, can you please give this to your librarian? So I've donated to those right. schools and then the Surrey Public Library does carry my books so it's in the Surrey Public Libraries and nice. it will be available it's it's available for other libraries to purchase as well so there's you have to connect to each of these departments individually yeah. and it, it is a lot of bootstrapping to get your name out there so that's happening yes. we're getting there <laughs> that's great <laughs>
0: go buy it anyway that's right go (laughs) buy it and then
2: once you're done with it you can donate it to your children's library but uh yes some schools have expressed interest that they would like me to come and do a reading at the school bring teddy and his little catio and uh maybe do a little show and tell uh we've done the show and tell with peanut i brought the snake to school and educated all the kids they got to ask all their questions and that alleviates fear and i think back when I was in kindergarten, our class pet was like an eight foot long boa constrictor. And so we Mm. would feed it. And every Friday, we would have circle time on the mat where you talk about the weather and the days of the week, you know, as you do, and they would let the snake out, and the snake would slither to somebody. And then it's like, Oh, you get to take him home for spring break and feed it or whatever. So I have zero fear of Mm. snakes. And I was happy to see that most of these kids were curious at the very least yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh it's quite a celebrity day for Peanut at the sink too so if teddy <laughs> if teddy went there there's an actual book about teddy i've gone on field trips with my daughter and they're like when is there another book coming out is is teddy your real cat does he really have no ears like they're so, <laughs> and so curious, and they remember all these stories from like a year ago two years ago And they still have questions. Mm
0: -hmm. I love it. Nice. I love it. Mm -hmm.
1: Is there anything else that you would like to share about your Teddy gets adopted story or the lessons that are included in there? Yeah, sure. So I think Teddy gets adopted. There is um, a
2: geographical component in there because we talked about like fostering and feelings and persevering Mm -hmm. and having hope and the helpers and the heroes. But there's also um, a geographical component in this story about Canada. So kids can track Teddy's journey. And somewhere in this story, there is an Easter egg clue about the surprise ending in Teddy Visits the Best. Ooh! Ooh yeah. And the reason there's an Easter egg clue is because Teddy was adopted at Easter. And this book was released two years on Easter on Teddy's adoptiversary. So I left Mm -hmm. an Easter egg clue in there for the surprise for the fourth book. And yeah, also kids have a hidden mouse on every single page of each Teddy story that they like to seek and find. So that is one thing that I love it. And it's actually (laughs) Teddy's favorite toy. Teddy has this little stuffed mouse and throws it in the air and bats it around. And Teddy's still quite playful for like an adult cat. In fact, three days ago, Teddy brought a present into the house. Oh, Jesus! A geez. real mouse. I was wondering, why are you howling? She's making all this noise. And then I'm like, oh, God, that's why. Oh, my.
0: <laughs> that cat loves mice. I like that. You make a little game out of it.
2: It is. She doesn't need help finding them, but you might <laughs> in the pages.
0: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs>
1: So if you go to Christine's website, you'll find access to all of Christine's current books. Plus, there's also some free coloring pages for your kids and maybe even yourself. Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we'll have all of your information on the show, notes, like we did last time. And uh, we'll even include Teddy's Facebook page too. Oh, yeah, I that'd be great. We, I don't think we added that the last. Time. We may not have had that last time. Oh well, there mm-hmm. you go.
2: <laughs> it's just it's evolving, like I said. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you have three of the four Teddy books are out now. How many more books do you think you're just going to keep writing them as they come to you?
2: Yes, right now I have a lot on my plate. I'm building. A property out in Hope. It's actually called the Sunshine Valley. So we're mm-hmm. just at drywall stage right now and things are getting busy. So I'm, I am going to sit down with the, like I said, the fourth book is already written. We just have to storyboard it and, and the illustrator will take care of it. And then I have to create it online with my amazing mm-hmm. designer, Kayla Meadows. And then yeah, I have stories in my head, but I just don't know. I don't have a goal set right now for, for releasing them.
0: They'll come when they They'll come They'll come when they come. Exactly. <laughs> there's no limit to what Teddy wants to teach you. <laughs>
2: well, and that's it. Like uh, the stories could reveal themselves to me. Like if, if something, if Teddy ever passed away or, or if a family, you know, then there's even, even up until the end, there's still lessons and coping mechanisms and things that you can deal with or losing a pet. I mean, we've already experienced that with Daisy Mm -hmm. the dog so Mm -hmm. yeah
1: I don't have any further specific questions so unless there's something else that you would like to add that we haven't covered or I think we've covered it all
2: ladies this is fantastic (laughs) great questions Miranda
0: thank you (laughs) yeah we love having you it's always fun thank you yeah I'm having a great time (laughs) <laughs> the more books that come out the more times you get to be part of the animal files podcast family <laughs> i love it yes <laughs> well oh
2: yeah well teddy visits the vet will be out before christmas this year probably november
1: so we okay. might
0: just have to come back on the show yeah
1: you're always welcome
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you and until that time make sure you go and buy her books. Mm-hmm. Where can everybody find your books? Currently, right now,
2: Amazon is, is worldwide, so that is the best place. Otherwise, uh, you could request it at your local chapters. Perhaps the more requests they get, they'll be more inclined to like stock it. <laughs> so that would be great.
0: well you heard her folks you heard her request 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 <laughs> Just every time you go into a chapter is everybody
2: listening ask for the
1: teddy books <laughs> yeah and be like oh darn i guess i'm gonna have to
2: order it off amazon
1: then <laughs> yeah and the book links on your website go directly to amazon too, yes right? correct if it's working correct is this both amazon canada and amazon us yeah it's amazon worldwide yeah. i if i tell myself yeah, yeah. Okay. i
2: see it's in hong kong it's in germany okay. and that's
0: great yeah and we'll have her website on our show notes so don't you worry. We always got your back. We're going to put all the information that you need to know on the show notes. So you have quick, easy access to get to everything. Well, thank you so much, ladies. It's
2: been an absolute pleasure.
0: Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us again. We love chatting with you and we can't wait to have you back. So to honor your time, we will just let you go and we will anticipate the time when you return. Thank you so much for hanging out with us.
2: Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. And I always have a great time with you ladies. It's a lot of fun. And very (laughs) educational.
0: All
1: right. Well, you have a good night.
0: Thank you. You too. Take care. Another great conversation. We love having Christine on the show and we hope you enjoy her story and the story of how Teddy came into her life and all of Teddy's adventures. So we're gonna have all of her stuff on the show notes as always. And you can even join Teddy's Facebook group. That'll be fun. So hopefully you enjoyed that. If you have any questions or would like any more information about Christine and about her books and have any questions for us as well, you can always email us at theanimalfilespodcast at gmail.com. And if you like to contact people through socials, you can get all of that by going to our website, theanimalfilespodcast.com, and you'll get all of those right there, right in front of you, plus resources and all that good stuff. Thank you for joining us today. And we will see you all next time, right here on the Animal Files Podcast. Bye for now.